Yes, let's do it. Another episode of Keo Conversations. My name is Mark Champagne. I am your host, and it is my job to unpack these stories and mental fitness practices of people living at the top of their game personally and professionally. I'm chatting with Devin today, who is the executive creative director over at Well Simple. I have to say, I'm, I've been really excited about Well Simple because they've done such a great job with content and the image that they're trying to put out there around finances and how we can manage those as our, you know, as an individual person. And he he has a lot to do with this. Um, their Well Simple magazine is super popular. They interview a lot of great people to, to, to really uh, dumb down, let's say, finances and make it, again, manageable. So I'm excited to share this conversation. We also have a pack with Well Simple around, um, you know, managing your financial stress mentally. Uh, we could probably all agree that's uh, a topic that could lead to a lot of stress and anxiety. So excited to share this. Devin is super interesting. He comes to the table with an awesome perspective. He's he's led a, a fascinating life. Before this, he was working as the editorial director over at GQ. He's written for the New York Times Magazine, Esquire, The New Yorker, Rolling Stones, and, and the list goes on. So he provides a great perspective. Enjoy this conversation. And if you are, you know what to do. Give us a little love wherever you're listening. It goes a long way. Lastly, this conversation, as well as the whole podcast, is brought to you by Keo, which is our mental fitness app. All these incredible people end up in-app to help guide you through your daily mental fitness. Just have to search KYO in the Apple App Store, and it will show up. Thank you, as always, and have the best day yet. are you or what defines you as a person that's a that's a uh, pretty substantial question to start with <laughs> i don't know to kick off I your am. morning i who am i i have no idea uh what's what are the parameters of, of that kind of question well it's just i mean the, the I'll, I'll give a bit of context the idea and answer asking that question is just to get around the the notion of you know what you do and more so you know what makes up your personality you know so if, if you're close if i were to ask well, I you question, such an easier question i've never i've never <laughs> i've never i've never thought hey i wish someone would just ask me what i did um <laughs> we could start there i mean i uh what 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 am i interested in i'm interested in making things sure. my background you know my background is and can, will always be sort of as a writer. Um, I spent many years doing narrative nonfiction. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, I just like, I'm reluctant to ever utter the phrase, I'm a storyteller, because I just, nothing drove me crazier <laughs> okay. than hearing people say that. Um, Why is that? I'm curious because that's, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of different, I, I hear that all the time as well, especially in, in this, this line of work. I have like a weird, I have like a weird um, allergy to, to like sort of new agey corporate speak. Okay. That I'm like, that adds a layer of bullshit. I'm like a believer in like, what is the actual truth of what's going on here? 
And when people are like, I'm a storyteller, but like they're in advertising, just I'm like, just say you're working advertising. What's wrong with that? Yeah. You know, fair. Hey, I make commercials. That's cool. It doesn't have to be like, you know, I'm a storyteller, but you know, I'm revealing my, my inner rage. So maybe I shouldn't be that (laughs) on on a mindfulness uh, podcast. No, we're all about authenticity on this one. So whatever comes to mind, go for it. Cool. So then if you're, if you're not a storyteller, uh, I mean, you're, you describe yourself a bit as a, as a writer or writing as being something of interest, right. For, for a while now. And obviously no surprise given, you know, some of the, the background research I did. Um, what, like what, get, what got you started? Like, why don't we back it up a bit and, and share a little bit for everyone listening? Like what, what has been your path up until right now? Well, like, you know, a super quick version of my resume is I, I graduated from college and I moved to New York City and I, and I said, you know, I want to be a writer. And I got a job as a fact checker at a magazine. Esquire magazine is my first job. And uh, learned how to report. But, and basically from then on, I've been learning and practicing sort of doing narrative, non, narrative nonfiction, you know, interviewing people. Yeah. And writing your stories. And that led to, you know, I've always done that while also sort of working, you know, having a, a job at a magazine. So um, the last, when I left GQ, that was my, I spent like the last 15, 13, 13 years at GQ. And when I left, I was the editorial director. Um, and I left to go work on this crazy um, startup with my friend Rudy, who is one of the co-founders who I met, um, because I was writing a story about, uh, the culture of Silicon Valley. And, and he mm. was at this, this startup incubator called Y Combinator, which was like the, it's the big white one. Hot epicenter of startup culture at the time and may still be for all I know. But yeah, you know, no, it's, it's still a reference. That's for sure. Yeah. It was like when I got there, it was like Airbnb had just been launched from there and um, Dropbox and all these places like that. And <clears throat> I sort of was interested in like cutting through the bullshit of what, again, like what that sort of gobbledygook that people say their business is about and what their business is really about and how it's shaping the culture. And I sort of like really enjoyed meeting Rudy and felt that he had a very low level of bullshit and a high level of creative integrity. And so we became friends and Hmm. um, he was, you know, like they just got this big round of funding and they're like, we have a bunch of money to make really interesting stuff. And the only, the only um, instruction is like be innovative and and (laughs) makes look good. And that sounded really fun. And it seemed like the, the business was a, a business that had authenticity and, um, and, and, you know, like was, it was, was, was doing some good in the world or at least not doing harm. And, you know, at a time when magazines were increasingly about marketing and with scarcer and scarcer resources, it was like this company was about, you know, it was like this supposed marketing job was really about, you know, 
telling stories. So it was sort of like there was like a reversal and, and it's been, it's been really fun. That's super interesting. I mean, I, I mean, I knew your, obviously your path, but I, I, you know, didn't know the backstory of that, which even having you like, even just chatting for a few minutes, it, it seems, it seems obvious why you made that move. Cause at first I, I'll be honest, like that was one of the questions was how do you go from spending so many years in this world of writing and interviewing people to going to um, a company where I, I, I guess it's, it's, it's a similar role, but it's very focused in a, in a certain industry. Right. Um, how, yeah. How have you, yeah. Like how have you navigated yeah, that? Honestly, it wouldn't be that fun of a job if it had to just be about, let's tell, you know, let, let's write a story about what happened in the market today. But yeah. money is just like a prism, you know, it's money is a human invention. And it's a prism, it's a really interesting prism to tell people's life stories or to talk about humanity. Because one of the great things that, um, that about money as a subject is that it, it provides a narrative for people's lives, right? So it's like, you know, if you look at, you know, half the movies that are out there are like about someone making it and then losing it and then finding their true self or whatever it is. Sure. And, you know, you can you can use money as a prism through that. And it's also the way people interact with each other and 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 the way couples fight with each other and the way people show their love for each other. So there's you know, it's really not a very limiting um, canvas. Well, and what I find fascinating and why I was really excited to to have this conversation with you is that speaking about, you know, money and, and finances and then also in this world of of wellness, which is, is, you know, starting to become a little bit more, um, I should say a little bit more mainstream in terms of the, of the discussion points and showing that it's not all this kind of woo woo, you know, on the top of a mountain, always meditating type scenario. Um, which, which is, which is exciting because it seems like anyone that we look up to or buy their books or listen to their panels all have some sort of reflective practice or take time for their for their mind in some capacity like what they do for the body so the the interesting though that the kind of the crossing point that i find with this space as well as as finance is that people don't talk too much about these worlds outside of the stereotypical like what you mentioned like writing up you know financial reports and and market analysis so I find it really cool the way that that Will Simple and, and you and the team are are approaching the subject from a relatability standpoint. Well, I mean, you know, the question I would, you know, I would turn the question on you and say, like, well, isn't isn't wellness or mindfulness or anything like isn't that limiting? Like, why do that instead of going and working in a uh, on a broader canvas? Fair, fair, yeah. Well, come on, what's your answer? Well, it's, I mean, what we're doing is, is essentially very similar. It's just, how do you like, it's like this conversation. I mean, we're, we're slowly getting into it, but the idea is that I'm interested in your story as a writer and interested in when you're interviewing all these different people for GQ, like what was your mental prep and things like that. And then now as you're in, in a new role, you know, like what are some of the things that keep you centered as a, as an individual so that you can produce some of your best work, you know, personally and professionally. So for me, it has nothing 
like if we follow the standard recipe, I'd be out there interviewing a ton of yoga instructors and meditation coaches and, um, you know, personal coaches. And, and that's, that's not what we're doing. We're, we're doing, you know, a very similar approach to, to your money diaries essentially. Right. Yeah. Cause it's the story, I guess it's the story and it's, it's, you know, people can relate to a writer or designer or product manager or, you know, developer, for example. Well, I would say that um, for writers, it's actually incredibly important. I mean, you know, I don't know if, if, if every writer has to practice mindfulness, but, you know, writing is, you know, writing is this, is this trick of the ego where on one hand you're building yourself up. You have to build yourself up to think I, you know, my, what I have to say is important enough to, to, for people to listen to it. Okay. Um, and then on the other hand, you're, um, you know, any writer that I like is a writer filled with self doubt. Um, you know, I've have worked with and met and been friends with, you know, all kinds of writers and they, the, all the, you know, that's a common denominator among, I think the best writers and there's a trick in allowing that self doubt to make you better and to make you say, all right, well, you're not, you know, not everything you say is great and not everything you write is great. And, and how could this be better? And why is this, why, where is this failing without letting it, be totally defeating. Yeah. So to the point where you actually can't get a piece out, I'm assuming. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And like uh, many of the very best writers that I know are paralyzed half the time. And I know people, I won't, you know, I won't name names, but noteworthy writers who are 10 times the writer as I, that I am or, or 10 times the writer that, that, many successful writers and novelists are, but can't, can't perform because of that, you know, that, you know, it's like cannibalization. And, you know, for me, it's like, it's been part of my, it's been from the beginning. That's how I felt. I remember when I first started working at GQ and I got my first feature assignment and it went well I think I was 26 or something and I got to write a big, long feature story. And it was like the most exciting thing in the world to me. And it was about, it was about black African-American comedy in America and how it was on this other, you know, this, this, um, it existed in a parallel universe to white comedy. But anyway, so I wrote that and then it went okay. And then I got this, the second assignment and I was writing it and I was like, Oh my God, what if I can't do it again? What if I, you know, what if this sucks, whatever. And I remember there was Elizabeth Gilbert who went on to like write that book, eat, pray, love. And she's written a lot of great books. Mm-hmm. She was a, she was a contributing writer at GQ then. And we were friends. And I remember talking to her and being like, how do you like, how do you avoid this? And she's like the most talk about wellness. Like she's the most, you know, seemingly, and I think authentically like balanced, enlightened, uh, healthy yeah. human being. Um, and she's like, well, every time I sit down to write, I say, 
this isn't going to be the best thing that was ever written, but it's not going to be the worst either. Love it. That's great. And it sort of frees you up to sort of, you know, if you're writing and it's not the best thing in the world, you're not like, forget it. Then I can't do it anymore. You know? Yeah. But it gives you enough ego to be like, this is, this is pretty good. Well, and I think it's just whether it's writing or, or name the craft or what you're working on. I mean, that, I think that mentality or, or perspective holds true to so many different aspects, right? Um, you might, you, you probably know, um, next week, Cal Fussman's interview is coming out. I, I interviewed him about a month ago. Um, I mean, he used to be at, at Esquire. Yeah, Men's Magazine. And, and uh, his whole thing was, was really, a, what's that? Men's Magazine veteran. I, we, we ran in the same world. Yeah. Well, and he, to me, is... Man, he he he's really got a craft, right? And I I know the word storytelling um, is a, is a, is a touchy one for for you, but like wow, that is a, that's a guy that can get you on the edge of your seat just listening to, you know, the words either coming off the page or now with his podcast. Um, but his whole thing, you you made me think of this as you're as you're describing that, that story. Is just he's just filled with curiosity. And, you know, the next story is the next story. And it's just going, going at it from an angle of like, what is he curious about? So for you, you know, going kind of to the next story and the next interview, and even now, obviously, I mean, you're, it's, it's a different space, but it, it's, I'd imagine it's pretty much this, almost the same process for you as a, as a writer. Like what's your main point i guess of 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 getting through i guess that self-doubt but also um producing some great work well uh, process wise you know uh, curiosity is definitely a big part of it it's it's like i always felt whenever i got uh, you know whenever i got to go anywhere or or get any any story assigned I i felt like how how fucking amazing is it that I get to go to Pakistan and like, go like, I don't know anything about Pakistan, but like, I'm going to go there and like interview all these people around the assassination of Benazir Bhutto. And like, I'm, you know, just the, the curiosity of that. And to me, it's always, it always starts with like an image of, or like a fantasy about like what the finished product is going to be. Okay. And it's like, you know, you know, whether it's like a cinematic vision in your head or like a scene that you could imagine writing and, or a scene that you're going to, you're going to get to be able to see. Um, you're like, okay, I want to, I want to go do that. Um, and the great thing about being a journalist is that it's never the same day twice, really, unless, you know, unless you're a beat reporter, but even still, it's really never the same day twice. Every day you get to find out something new, you know, like the fun part of being in school when you're actually like finding out about stuff you're interested in, like that never really ends. And you end up like knowing a lot, a lot about a lot of things, which is really fun. Um, But I did also feel like after 20 years in magazines, I was like, I actually do kind of, I have been doing this for a long time. And I want to go, you know, like this other, this other thing that I can do will offer me a chance to, um, to try, try out new stuff. And, you know, it's like the, the um, creative philosophy and the creative and the creative office at um, at Well Simple is, is is great, which is like, oh, we can do it all ourselves. It doesn't matter if we've done it before, or we haven't done it before. You know, it's mm-hmm. like we make all of our own commercials. 
we don't we don't use an advertising agency okay um which is really fun you know the first thing one of the first things i did with rudy was you know besides help him like figure out okay how do we make how do we make like a little magazine for well simple is oh we're gonna do this super bowl commercial why don't you write it and i'm like i i, I don't know how to write a tv <laughs> i've written you know i've written um a bunch of stuff for television so i felt like i had some idea but i was also you know i come from the school of like my first reaction is i don't i don't know what i'm doing i would need like several years of training to know how to do that and he's <laughs> sure. like no, whatever it's easy like and he'd done it before because he worked at um at uh, an ad agency okay um, and made some really cool commercials so he's like just write it and then you know we went back and forth and there was another person a couple of people working on it and then and then um he's like great we love it like let's make this and he like they hired some cool director that i'd never heard of before that was like super cutting edge cool director guy and they um you know they shot it over a week in la and um i was still working at gq so i couldn't i couldn't be on the shoot but uh and then, and it was like, I, and it was, I loved it. And then like that a commercial won a um, director's guild award in America. And I'm like, this is a cool job. Like I get to, yeah. <laughs> I've never done it before. And then I get to like write something and then they make it into like a million dollar commercial or however much it costs. Um, and I think that that's, you know, like that's sort of the environment that's been created there, which is, you know, high standards, low drama and, and mm. like, and a constant, the whole point is to be innovative and, and do stuff that hasn't been done before and do stuff that's cool, you know, which is the, you know, the polar opposite yeah. of what most um, financial companies probably are interested in, in projecting out there. Yeah. It's, I love that high standards, low drama. Um, so what, like, it's it's interesting because as you're telling that story, um, I couldn't help but think about the whole topic of self-doubt, right? Like immediately it was that self-doubt, but then again, that's what kind of pushed you forward. And here you are, you know, writing Super Bowl, you know, copy or, or commercials and winning awards with it, right? So like once, once you pass that, okay, I, I you know, I don't, I'm not going to get two years of, of writing training to do this. Like what was the self-talk there to to actually deliver, you know, that this award-winning commercial essentially for you personally? Well, you know, I don't, in some ways it's just like, I mean, the truth is like, it's the same thing as getting out of bed in the morning. And like some people leap out of bed ready for the day. And I am someone who doesn't want to get out of bed every morning. I'm like, maybe today's the day that I'm just not going to get out of bed. Okay. I'm like, it's too, it's, there's too much to do. I don't know how to do any of it. Um, I, you know, the, the bar is hot, whatever. And, and I find that, that the pressure for me doesn't increase or decrease based on the, on what I have to do. I have, I feel the same pressure to get out of bed and anxiety that I do to write something really complicated that that's like could make or break my career for instance yeah so so how do you manage that then it's just i mean i'm not like i don't have like a anxiety disorder or anything and it's not debilitating it's more like 
it's sort of like the best thing to do is just to start doing it. Don't try to figure out if you can do it or if you should be doing it. You know, the people that I've seen who are most successful are just people who are willing to keep trying, you know? Oh, that sucked. I'll write another one. So true. Well, and this is, you know, what's fascinating to me. You, you said you spent about, it's been 20 years now, you said roughly, writing essentially. So, you know, the other point there is, sure, you know, you, you, you wrote this award-winning Super Bowl commercial, but that's not, you know, that's, that's years of, of the craft and you constantly getting out of bed, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, um, <clears throat> I remember not to get all yoga on it, but we might as well, right? Let's, let's do it. <laughs> um, I remember, you know, like I do, you know, I do a fair amount of yoga and I try to meditate a little bit. Um, and I remember early on when I started doing yoga, there was some posture where you're like lying on the floor. And I remember the teacher saying, you can let go. Like the earth is holding you up. It's not your job. It's not all up to you. Hmm. you know? And I remember like the total and complete release and like sort of feeling of like almost like euphoria, but you know, or, or like at least pleasure where you're like, Oh, it's not all up to me. I'm not, it's not, you know, there's abundance, there's a, there's a network, there's support, you know, there's, so it's like, That's you know, powerful. in some way that it, some in some way the the anxiety about writing is thinking like I have to do something that I can't do. But like if you if you like sort of have that release and you're like you know sort of trust and you're okay with um whatever whatever comes out, it's also like that anxiety sort of impedes your flow. Like you know a lot of writers and talk about flow, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, I remember reading an interview with, I never know how to pronounce his name, Carl Ove Nausgaard. Okay. Um, you know, the, um, my struggle guy, the Norwegian writer. Um, and his thing was like, the more I was trying, the less good it was. And George Saunders, if you know him, yeah. has said the same thing. Like when he, he would just, he, when he was writing, that's why everyone's emails are, are, are always better than their, than their finished copy. <laughs> um, I don't know if you've noticed that because like once you, once you start quote unquote writing, you're fucked. Yeah. 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 So like Saunders was like, you know, I had this funny, you know, I had, I had this like way of seeing the world. And then when I would write my stories, they'd be like these serious, like quote unquote literary stories. And I like lost all the juice that I ever, that I had as a human being. And like, it took me years and years and years to go back to the, to like who I, who I was originally. Sure. Um, and I think that that's, you know, I think that that's really key when you're, when you're, when you're trying to create. 
So for you then, what are some of the, see, I, I knew this, this stuff was going to start coming out because everyone has, um, you know, certain mindsets and little, little tricks or little, uh, Scott Belsky describes them as mental gymnastics, um, to, you know, work through different things in, in, in their life. Um, like when you, when you realize you're, you're going into a state like that, where you're spinning your wheels or something like that, or even just preparing, and it doesn't, have, it doesn't have to be writing. It could just be a, you know, a bigger task in your, in your life. Um, like what are the, some of the things you mentioned yoga and you do a bit of meditation, but are there other practices or specific periods in, in, in your week that you feel help? Um, exercise is crucial. Okay. It sort of ends the, the, the sort of cycle of, of like self-defeating thought. And it's, it just, it just is a, it's like a, rainstorm and then like afterwards everything's cleaned out and you're like you know the sun comes out and you feel great like exercise is i think yeah you know a huge thing like whether it's sort of more yoga moving meditation kind of thing or like i go to like this really like every time i say the name i find it embarrassing but i go to this thing called barry's boot camp yeah yeah. which they now have in toronto yeah Um, it's it sounds like like a disco in the 80s (laughs) it does though it's i'm not gonna lie the first time i ever heard that with almost my exact thought to the t (laughs) i'm like i'm not going to barry's boot camp but (laughs) but it's like you know it's like high intensity interval training um and like that like changes my mood completely um what's your routine like is it a morning thing or or is whenever these classes are i guess it's usually I tend to, um, I tend to exercise at the end of the day, like to be like, okay, now I'm done and I can clean everything out. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, most people do it in the morning. Yeah. I probably, I probably should. I'd probably be a better person. I'll add that to the list. No, but I like that. I like the concept of that's a great kind of transition and, and just to your point of, you know, clearing out the rainstorm almost from, from the whole day. I like that. Um, but you know, I'm not like a, I'm not like a practice. Like I'm, I don't have like, I always read these, like, you know, there's that whole genre of, of people, uh, productive people, diary things that are on the internet now. Yeah. 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 They're the- have, you read, have you read those where it's like, I wake up at four forty-five, and the first thing I do is I meditate and then I go to yoga and then I read Dostoevsky and then at seven, so i take my kids to school and then i cure cancer and then at 11 30 i volunteer at a soup kitchen Uh, and i always like that just stresses me out even reading those things um so i'm like i'm not that kind of person it's sort of you know it's like a it's like a sisyphean thing where it's like oh it's the same struggle every day i have to push the rock up the hill today (laughs) like Oh, and I know, and it's not easy. It's not like, oh, I did it yesterday. So it's going to be, it's not, it's no problem. I know I can do it. It's like a struggle. Like that's the, that's the whole thing, you know? Sure. So just to keep it sunny and upbeat, I'll just say that life is a terrible struggle that never gets easier. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Love it. Um, but just on that point, like, and, and again, this is why we're, at least on my side, where, why, 
for having this conversation is to show like it, it might be one thing. It might be just that point about exercise at the end of the day or the fact that like you got something really powerful out of that yoga practice, you know, that may resonate with someone on the other end listening. I mean, it's resonating with me personally. And, and I, I think that's that's what we're trying to get out there is that it doesn't have to be, you know, this four to five in the morning, every morning setup. I mean, it works for a lot of people and a lot of people have different routines, but it's, it's what works for you. Right. Yeah. And I also think it's like one of those things where, you know, how they say, you know, they tell like either whether you're a pitcher and you throw like a, you throw a bad pitch and it's a home run, or if you're like a cornerback in the, in football and, and you give up a touchdown or whatever, yeah. um, that the, the healthiest, the, the people who do the best in those situations are the ones who have absolutely no memory. And it's like, Oh, that never happened. And I'm going to go on. Um, because then you're like, you're not, you're not throwing the next pitch, like to make being debilitated with like regret or fear or whatever. You're like, Oh no. Okay. Whatever that happened. But now it's gone. Yeah. Um, and it's the same thing weirdly about, you know, going to yoga, which is a much lower state, but it's like, sometimes <laughs> if I admit, if I like, I'm like this week, I'm going to go to yoga every day at six 30 in the morning. And then like, I go the first day and I'm like, I'm the best. I'm the best. Like I, my life is solved. I can't believe I, you know, I've lived such a wonderful, amazing life and every people are lucky to know me and I'm just the best. And then the next day, like, I'm like, uh, I don't feel like going. And then I don't go. And then I'm like, oh, it's the worst. I'm the worst. I've always fucked everything up. Yeah. Um, but it's like, you can't bring that over into the next day. Yeah. It's a new day. You, know, you can't, it's like, oh, today I have a chance to go to you. It's like, you can't like put, you know, it's like, it's like having that short memory, even like when the stakes are really low. Well, it goes back to, it makes me think of what you're describing with, with the next story, right? It's yeah. You know, one story was great. Got a lot of attention. Now you're on to the next one and you know, yeah. it might not be as great. Yeah. And you know, in be a better, weird way, it might like, be worse, but sorry, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say it might be better. It might be worse. might be the same, but I mean, it's, it's a new story. It's a new day. Yes. And, uh, I once, I once went to a shrink who said, um, if you can make your creativity about the process rather than the result, then you can actually make, you, you actually have a path toward like having a fulfilling creative life. Sure. So you're not like, you know, so you're like, oh, I get to go and make up. If you're a novelist, I get to go and make up stories today or, so I'm going to go like my practice is making up these stories. Or if, if you're, you know, making a magazine, you're like, oh, today I get to go and try to think of ideas and find writers and, and collaborate with people. Yeah. But if you're only, you know, I think like the, the toxic thing for me is like thinking about the result or even worse, thinking about how other people feel about the result, then you're really not in control. But it's real. Like that's, that's, I, I agree with the statement, um, made by the therapist. And then that's like, that's where the magic lies. I'm even thinking about, you know, when we first launched the app, like it's you know, sure there's downloads and there's engagement and all that stuff, but it, it really was that 
and it continues to be the like this, like having like this will have the end result. Well, this will be in the app and hopefully help others. But it's this conversation that for me kind of lights me up, right? But we're surrounded by it's society, I guess, for well, how many people are going to listen to this? How many people are going to interact with this this interview or read the article? So I mean, we're all human. That's that's the other part of it, right? Yeah. And you got to accept that too. And of course it yeah. does matter in some way. It's like telling yourself it doesn't matter at all is sort of a lie. Sure. Because you want to continue and you want your company to be successful. You know? Yeah. Um, Devin, I, I, what I want to definitely get from you, um, just speaking about the interactive part of the app. So this podcast is, is, you know, like a typical uh, podcast that you would expect in Spotify and Apple and all of that. But the added bonus to it is that it'll live in, in Keo, meaning that there'll be a section in there where people will be able to interact with three reflective questions. And those questions always come from the guests. So um, I'll ask well, you. You never told me I was going to have to have questions ready. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is, it's right off the cusp. It's whatever you're thinking um, that, and usually I frame it up as, you know, what are three questions or even statements that you find yourself either asking yourself on a frequent basis or during, you know, big life changing events that, you know, you'd like to leave with us? I think the first, the first question is, what are you interested in? Yeah. If you can answer that, then it means like you, you know, there's some capacity to like, just be happy. If you're in, if you can, if you know you're interested in something, that's great. Um, what helps you hit reset? Oh, explain that one a little bit. I like that. Is that, is that coming from a place? Like if you're kind of at your max and you just want to start fresh or is that coming from a different place? It's, it's like a, you know, it's like whether you're, you're hitting your head against the wall on a project or mm. you've had a shitty day. It's like, what can you do that sort of like clear, cleans the slate for you and you can start, you can start again and start over. Yeah. I like that. And the last one is, is Kanye West crazy? <laughs> it's a it's a buddhist cone there there are people on mountaintops contemplating that right now <laughs> and if they Love figure it. it out they'll find true enlightenment well we'll we'll i'll make sure to report the analytics on how many people are answering this question <laughs> and we'll you, you have to we're data yeah. we're data driven exactly last question for you um you know, if you think of the next three, four, five months from now, you know, like what, at the end of the day, like what's making you smile? What's making me smile and what's going to be coming up in my life that's going to be going to be giving me pleasure? Yeah. Um, putting my kids to bed when they're just, you know, like they're all in their pajamas and they're all showered up. And yeah, that's like the best. That's when they're like the absolute cutest most like idyllic version of children um i can relate to that (laughs) uh knowing that i have a few big creative projects that are that i'm 
you know, that's just like anytime, as long as you have like these creative projects, I think coming up, that gives you like such a, like, it makes me excited and feel like everything's going to be, you know, my future is interesting. Sure. Um, and, and then the, the flip side of, of the, of putting my kids to bed is when the kids are asleep and my wife and I like open a bottle of wine and like, you know, watch some mindless TV show. Like that's just like, that's the, uh, that's the, that's the alcoholic meditation. I like to think of it. I like that one. I, I also partake in that with my wife. <laughs> it's, it's much needed. It's just, I mean, it's just space, I think, for, for the mind. Like, and we don't, we don't, it, it, it seems like that space is ever increasingly kind of disappearing, right? Like we're, we live in this ultra productivity world that, just taking some time and, and not being productive is actually a pretty good thing. <laughs> yeah, I feel, I totally agree with that. Product productivity is bullshit. I don't know how old you are, but I find that like it's changed for me where I think because I have kids and because, you know, kids are like an extra, it's like a extra app that's running in your brain all the time. That's a great that, way to like, put it. <laughs> that like, it used to be like all I wanted was stimulation at the end of the day or something like really, you know, some, 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 I only would go see like arty movies that were like profound and, and, and difficult in some way. And now like I'm looking for something to turn, to turn off my brain for like at least an hour. Cause I just need that. I just need to turn it off. Yeah. Yeah. There's too many apps running all the time, nonstop. So I, I, I hear you on that. Well, and don't, I don't know about you, but for me, I, I have, I have one uh, son, he's, he's two and a half. And it, for me, like, it's been the greatest kind of lesson on, on just being present and keeping things simple and all this curiosity. Like if we could, if we can get back to that level of just not a care in the world and just exploring and you know, doing learning and all of that, like that's a beautiful thing. <laughs> yes. I have this, we always go hiking. Like one of my things when I moved to California is like, we're going hiking, God damn it. And like, yeah. it's beautiful. Wow, we're doing it. And my kids are always like, I don't want to go. I don't want to and then they make them go and they always have, end up having a good time. But then on the hike, they're always like going off into the woods or climbing up a hill or like picking up a rock and trying to smash it. And I, my wife and I find ourselves like constantly being like, hurry up, hurry up. Yeah. And, and like, there's a, um, the joke that I have is like, why do you insist on having fun all the time? <laughs> exactly. We're here to get to the end of the trail. You know, yeah. <laughs> that's the Stop mission. Having fun. Stop it. Uh, well, let's, let's end that on, you know, a cheers to having fun and, um, taking a bit of space for the mind and just getting some great stories out there in the meantime. Um, thanks for, for your time, Devin, honest and sharing your, your perspective uh, means a lot. And I look forward to, I have one copy the, the printed wealth simple magazine, which looks fantastic. So I think you guys are working on that more of those. So hope to see those in the future. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for having me. It was fun. 